Well, it is the first Sunday of Lent, and uh, traditionally, uh, we talk about the temptations of Jesus. Um, Matthew and Luke have this very similar, uh, longer version. Uh, Mark really does it in about a sentence or two. Mark says, Jesus got tempted, and moves on. Uh, it's, it's, it's pretty short, but... Uh, Luke and Matthew tell uh, very similar stories. Uh, they both come right on the heel of Jesus' baptism. And he's riding high and baptized, spirit of words with him, and right after that he goes out into the wilderness to be tested. So it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a contrast. So Luke 4, 1-13, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, there we go, from the baptism, and returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness. The Spirit took him there, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing at all during those days, and when they were over, he was famished. And the devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become a loaf of bread. And Jesus answered him, It is written, One does not live by bread alone. Then the devil led him up and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And the devil said to him, To you I will give their glory and all this authority for it has been given to me, and I give it to anyone whom I please. If you then will worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered him, It is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil took him to Jerusalem and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning to protect you, and on their hands they will bear you up so that you will not dash your foot against the stone. And Jesus answered him, It is said, Do not put the Lord your God to test. And when the devil had finished every test, he departed from him until an opportune time. This is the word of God for the people of God. Amen. Amen. God. I'd like to invite our young people to come down. Stuff on Amazon 
about temptation? Was there any new books? Because, you know, I always think there's somebody out there writing a new book on something, right? There's always somebody like, yeah, I'm going to write a new book on temptation because it's not like in 2,000 years everything has been covered. And so I was looking, uh, keyword searching temptation, and so I, I, I started scrolling through page one, page two, page three, and I couldn't find a single book on the word temptation. But what I could find is paid link, I mean, box after box after box after the of cat food. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, uh, page one of cat food, page two of cat food, page three of cat food, page four of cat food. I mean, just hundreds of just links to temptation cat food. And so I was tempted to, to buy cat food. This is our cat food. I didn't buy this. This is cat food from our house that we actually own. Uh, and finally found three old books, uh, not new books, that didn't really help me. But so temptations are things that might not be new, might not be something that just happens just at school one day, and you say, oh, that's really, but it could be just something that comes around all the time. It could be just something old that just pops itself up again and says, hey, you want a, you want a temptation? It's, it may be kind of old, but it's, 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 it's bad for you, but it's, it could also be fun, you know? So it doesn't have to be something that's, um, newish that comes into your life and tempts you. It could be like the devil says, hey, just make this bread. Just do something that just you know, fills you up, but really you should sort of wait for what God's going to do for you. And that's really what these things are about. Wait on God. Depend on God. Don't depend on yourself to meet the needs that God is going to give you personally. Don't we think we got that? Good deal. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for meeting our needs. Help us have the faith and the courage to let you meet those and not be tempted to have them met by some other means. By some evil means or some means that simply throw us off path. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, guys.
It's a story they tell in the border country where Massachusetts joins Vermont and New Hampshire. Says, yes, Daniel Webster's dead, or at least they buried him. But every time there's a thunderstorm around Marshville, that's Massachusetts, they say you can hear his rolling voice in the hollows of the sky. And they say that if you go to his grave and speak loud and clear, Daniel Webster, Daniel Webster, the ground will begin to shiver and the trees begin to shake. And after a while, you'll hear a deep voice saying, neighbor, how stands the union? So begins the story they tell in New England. The Devil and Daniel Webster, I probably read it for the first time in the eighth or ninth grade, written by Stephen Vincent Benet, the story of a poor New Hampshire farmer named Mr. Stone who makes an offhand remark at the pub at the bar one night saying uh, how poor he is, and after years of barren land and bad luck, um, it's, it's, it's just it's enough for a man to want to sell his soul to the devil. That's what he says. After years of just awful farming and bad luck and barren land, I should just want to sell my soul to the devil. And pretty soon, within a day or so, there's a man who makes his way into this town whose name is Mr. Scratch. And Mr. Scratch is who you think he is. And he convinces Mr. Stone to sell his soul to him so he can have prosperity. And he makes a deal, and long story short, eventually the devil comes to get his due, and he does not want to give him his due. And Mr. Stone calls upon the greatest lawyer in the land, in the country, in the union, man who had been Senator Daniel Webster, Secretary of State Daniel Webster, man who stood up for the Union in the days before the Civil War, Dartmouth and Harvard. He says, I want you to defend me in a trial against the devil. And he does. And he wins back his soul. The devil can be beat in court, at least in 1847. <laughs> There's another one I like, and it's a little stranger and not quite as linear, but apparently uh, El Diablo, um, he's got many names, Chassatan in Hebrew, uh, Mr. Scratch. He, he, he is, he, he is uh, he's, he's in a bind, we're told, and he's behind. And I don't know how the devil can be in a bind and behind, like he has a quota, like a highway patrolman. Uh, so, so, so he's got he, he's to go get some souls because he's in a bind. You know, he, 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 he either gets what he wants or doesn't. So he's got, but anyway, the story is he, he's in a bind, in, in a bind because uh, he's behind on his number of souls, uh, he could set the quota, I would think. But anyway, so he decides the best place for him to go catch up on the number of souls that he needs to catch is, is in the state of Georgia. 
because there is a, a young man there who is just an exemplary uh, fiddle player. And he wants to challenge him to a fiddle-off. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll challenge you to a fiddle-playing contest, and if uh, uh, you win, you get this fiddle-playing fiddle playing instrument of gold. Do you know how much a golden fiddle would weigh? I mean, in, in, in like physics terms, it would be impossible to play. Uh, a fiddle, a conventional violin slash fiddle made of gold, you couldn't play it. Just, that's just, I know it's a hole in the story, but it's true. Um, so he said, I'll give you my golden devil fiddle for your soul. And so, so they have this contest. And sure, Johnny is the uh, young man's name. And he beats him and, uh, because the devil's really not that good at it. And so he goes and says, I'll be back again. So those are the kind of stories that are sort of embedded in our psyche as Americans and cultural uh, folk tales. And then there are the ones that come to us via the Bible, via Jesus, via Scripture, via this one in Luke and Matthew. Matthew's slightly more familiar. Luke flips a little bit of what Matthew does. So I said, the Spirit sends him out there to be tested, one way or another, 40 days, kind of a, uh, an allusion to uh, 40, 40 years of uh, the Israelites, uh, 40 days and 40 nights on the ark. Uh, so you got that sort of Israelite illusion out there. And he gets out there, he's, he's, he's been there for 40 days and 40 nights, being tested in one form or another, and finally at the end of the 40 days, that's when we get the specific test that we read about in Scripture. And Jesus says, I'm famished. I've been you know, out here working. It's hot. It's awful. It's a desert. Uh, and uh, the devil approaches, approaches him and says, if, 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 it, if it ain't Jesus Christ, I tell you, it's been so long since we have seen each other. How are you doing? I, I, just, I, just, I mean, it has been so long since you and I had, had time together. I mean, it must have been the Garden of Eden. What? What, 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 what did you and I in the Garden of Eden? And Jesus says, yeah, yeah, you were the snake and I was walking around trying to keep Adam and Eve straight. And the devil gets a little bit defensive and says, well, well all I got to say about this is that. He says, I did not that woman. Mm -hmm. <laughs> is, it, is it 20 years? Is that too late for a clean joke? <laughs> so so he, 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 he says, well, it's so good. It is so good, Jesus, to be back here with you. It's so good. So, so, well, let's eat. Man, I'm hungry too. You're hungry. We've got these rocks here. We'll turn them into, uh, we'll turn them into loaves of bread. Let's do this. I don't need your loaves of bread. What I need is my Father's sustenance. If I, if I want to eat bread, I don't need to do it with you. I just need to go somewhere else. I will get food from my mother, from her house. I'll, I'll eat her mashed potatoes. I'll, I'll, I'll go down somewhere where they're selling bread. I don't need to get it from you. 
because your bread is not bread. Your bread comes with strings attached. I can go get bread that has no strings attached, that is just simply the bread of love, the bread of life. I don't need to conjure up bread that comes from a source that's tainted. See, what you're asking me to do is to try to meet needs on my own. I, other people will help me meet my needs in this situation. I don't need you to help me meet my needs. And as I get to the right place in time, other people will come and help me meet my needs. You know, bread is, 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 is the heart of life. And, and you can't live by it alone. And so when we all come together at our table at, at, with Joseph and Mary and my disciples and friends, we'll, we'll, we'll share that. We'll meet each other's needs together. We'll meet each other's needs together. I don't need your bread for sustenance in this one time and one place because that's very short-sighted. Bell says, all right, whatever. You make your call be hungry. Well, the next thing he says, I, I want to show you what you're missing. Bell says, let me show you everything. He takes him up to the mountain and says, I'm sure you look at the temple here, look at the temple here, look at the temple here. If you look way off in the west, you can see the temple of, uh, of Zeus in, uh, in, uh, in Rome. See, oh, everything. I'll I give you a car, I'll give you a chariot, I'll give you everything you want. All you got to do is worship me. I'll give you everything you want. I, it's all yours. If you just come down here and worship me, just, just, just kneel down. Nothing crazy. Just, 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 just kneel down. We're friends. And, and Jesus says, why do I want to worship you to get what I already have? It's like with me. It's like somebody says, hey, Richard, uh, you want to sell your soul to have all the Star Wars figures from your childhood? <laughs> no, because I've got them in my office over there at church. I've got everything over there. I don't want to, I don't want to worship some evil cosmic force to get Star Wars figures because I've got the Star Wars figures. Jesus has the kingdoms of the world. He's already the King of Kings, Lord of Lords. Amen. The, the devil is just incredibly short-sighted. It is not his to give. It's like selling a car that he doesn't own. He's selling a car he doesn't own. And he's hoping to take advantage of Jesus' hunger and Jesus' famishness and Jesus' tiredness and Jesus' fatigue and say, I can give you this. And Jesus says, I don't need to be given what I already have. So that's a really weak temptation as he goes. And then finally, at the end of this, um, it's really the most pointy one. He says, okay, let me, let me try one more thing. And he quotes, he, he quotes, he quotes scripture. The devil, knows the, the devil knows to quote scripture, but he doesn't know to understand it in its context. He says, I'm going to take you to the top of the temple. You throw yourself off, because the Bible says if, if you throw yourself off, the psalm says the angels will lift you up so you don't hurt your feet, because God will protect you. Why would I want to hurt my father, 
It's like you were to go get in your car, purposely run yourself into a tree, and then call your, 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 your father from the sheriff's office or from the hospital and say, hey, Dad, I, 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 I ran into a tree. Uh, I was a little drunk, but come, come get me and bail me out. That's what he's saying. Just come hurt your father. I, I know he'll, he'll come get you out because he's, he's your dad. He always loves you and he always will. But you don't have to do that. You don't have to hurt who loves you. And that's what the, the devil is asking him to do in this last temptation. Take who loves you and hurt them just because you can. That's, that's the evil one to me. The bread one is kind of like, dude, let's just eat. You know, that's kind of like he's warming up. And then the, the, the temptation to see all the kingdoms, and, and Jesus is like, I have the kingdoms. But this last one to hurt your father, hurt God, hurt the spirit, hurt your family, hurt those who love you most, just because the Bible says you can. No. Just because the Bible says you can doesn't mean you should. You don't take advantage of family. You don't take advantage of love just because it says this. Just because you can quote the Bible doesn't mean that's the right moral thing for Jesus to do. So then the devil doesn't give up. He, he throws his hands up in the air and says, he will come back at a more opportune time. We kind of forget that. Like it's, it's not like the devil's through and going to walk away. He comes back at a more opportune time. And we know what that opportune time is, whether it's the cross or whether it's Judas or whether there are, the devil shows back up at more opportune times. So if we learn anything from this lesson and these passages and this temptation story, is it's not quite like. Mr. Stone and Mr. Scratch or Johnny winning his unplayably huge, heavy, gold fiddle, it's that the devil comes back at opportune times. Where and where and when are our opportune times? Where are, when are they? And that's what we've got to be looking for. Not for turning stones into bread when we're hungry and famished. Uh, not when we've been offered the kingdom of the world. Yeah, Jesus has kind of handled those uh, uh, temptations for us. But there are opportune times, um, and we need to be looking out for them. And that's, that's what Lent is sort of a preparatory journey that um, we uh, get to work on. Those opportune times as we, have, as we move forward toward Holy Week, which is the most opportune time at all, of all. So in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, let us handle our temptations and move forward. Amen.